You're listening to the Best in Wealth Podcast, episode number 45. This is the Best in Wealth Podcast, a show for successful family stewards who want real answers about wealth and investing so we can feel secure about our family's future. At the Best in Wealth Podcast, we think differently about wealth and investing. You should too. Well, hello, 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 everybody. How are you doing today? My name is Scott Wellens, and I am your host of the Best in Wealth Podcast. This is a show dedicated to helping real people, that is you, my friend, build real wealth so together we can take family stewardship to the next level. I am a certified financial planner, an educator, and a wealth advisor. Today's episode is actually going to run two parts. My first ever, episode 45 and 46, will be a two-part series. And the episode will be called, today anyway, Retirement and 401k Plans with HBO's John Oliver, part one. Next week will be part two. Before I get to the episode, though, I want to take a quick second and thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to today's episode I just get so excited when I think about starting episode number 45 this morning and just thinking about what happened in the last year, getting this thing off the ground, all the new listeners each and every week from all over the world. Thank you for listening to The Best in Wealth podcast. If you want some more information, please go to bestinwealth.com. There you will find the 10 steps to a better investing experience. Click on that link and download these 10 steps. These 10 steps will be a framework and a guide to help you build an understanding how investing really works. Also at Best in Wealth, you will find all of the other episodes, one through 44. So scroll down the list and see what topics interest you. And I'm thinking that I'm doing this two-part episode with this uh, John Oliver uh, review of his show because, first of all, I think it might just be too long of a show because he has a lot to say and I have a lot to say about what he has to say. And I feel like the show is better the shorter it is so people can try and grasp, grasp some of these financial concepts in small bites and small chunks and not me throwing just a whole bunch of stuff at people each and every week. And the other reason is I got to figure out how to get a couple episodes in because my family and I are headed to Hilton Head, South Carolina on Friday. So I want to have a couple of episodes in the queue so I don't have to work while I'm on vacation. And more importantly, I don't want to lug all of my media equipment with me to South Carolina because we're going to have a car or should I say SUV full of people. Me and my wife, my three daughters and my oldest is bringing a friend and it's going to be awesome. We're going to Hilton Head Island. I don't know if any of you have ever been there. I have not. And we're going to spend the week with two other families who have kids in a big house with a outdoor pool and the ocean just a couple of blocks away. So I'll be in the car with five other girls and me. 
You can just imagine all the things that they probably want to pack. There's not going to be a lot of room for any podcast equipment, that's for sure. So I'm going to try and get a couple of episodes out of the way. So let's get to the topic of the day. All right, today's episode, Retirement and 401k Plans with HBO's John Oliver. A few weeks ago, I mentioned a John Oliver show. I actually don't have HBO, but I tuned in on YouTube at the recommendation of one of my colleagues, and he said, you really need to watch the show. It's called Last Week Tonight with John Oliver because he did a show on retirement plans, and it was about a 21-minute segment that just made me laugh and laugh Because he has this knack to take concepts like retirement and like financial planning and make it really super interesting and really super funny. I wish that I were able to do so. But what really struck me when I watched this show, I was thinking, man, this is exactly why I got into the financial planning industry, in the financial industry in general, because of the things that he's saying to expose some of the things that people are doing in the financial industry and make positive change. I just wish that I could explain these things like he does, and I can't. But what I can do is play you some clips from the show. So this show might not go as well as other shows because I'm going to kind of go in and out of clips with the John Oliver show, and I haven't done this before, so there may be just a couple of technical difficulties, but I'm certainly going to do my best. And while I can't play the entire show, I will play a whole bunch of clips from the show so you can get a taste of what I'm talking about. And the other thing that I'll do is I'm going to post a link in the show notes to the YouTube video so you can go back and watch this if you want. Because the one thing you're not going to get are the visuals. This is a TV show and I'm going to play some clips from it, but I'm going to do my best. And I'm going to start by just playing the first 30 seconds or so of the show just to set the stage. So listen to this. Money. You know, the thing everyone likes to think they're good with, despite the evidence provided in every episode of the Susie Orman show. Tina, what do you want to buy? Hi, Susie. Thanks for taking my call. I'd like to buy a Mercedes E550. It's about $1,400 a month. That is true. You are denied. Oh, I want to get a Louis Vuitton Tivoli PM bag. So denied. So denied. It's not even funny. I'm going to deny you again. (laughs) Have any of you ever watched the Susie Orman show before? I need to admit to you that when I was really starting to save a whole bunch of money, everything I watched, everything I read, everything I talked about had to do with money. So I watched the show for a period of time. I would DVR a bunch of episodes and watch them. And I need to admit, she's got a lot of great things to say, but she annoys the crap out of me sometimes. That's just me. But she does have, in most areas, a very good head on her shoulders when it comes to money and offers some really good advice. But the show starts with John Oliver saying, 
Man, money, the thing that we all like to think we're good at, but most of us are really bad at, including myself for a good amount of my life. For anyone who's listened to all these episodes, you know that I started my life in my early 20s deep in debt. And when I finally took my head out of the sand, I decided to attack my debt with a vengeance vengeance, and eliminate the $68,000 worth of debt that I had. And if I would have continued to play the clip, you'd have just found more ridiculous people wanting to buy ridiculous things and Susie Orman denying these requests. And one of them was even somebody wanting to go to elf school to get an elf spotter certificate. I don't even know what that means, really. I just think that in a different clip, it's going to be brought up again. So I just wanted to warn you right now. And, you know, Susie, she really doesn't want people to buy all kinds of things because she preaches saving for retirement because so many of us are not saving enough for retirement. So she really has our best interest. Don't buy stuff you can't afford when you're not saving for retirement, when you're not saving enough for retirement. All right, we're going to move on real quick. I'm going to play the next clip, which is actually an ad you may have seen on TV. And it's going to be a little difficult for you to visualize what's going on, but I'll explain it after this. We asked people a question. How much money do you think you'll need when you retire? Then we gave each person a ribbon to show how many years that amount might last. I was trying to like pull it a little further. Then I was trying to stretch it a little bit more. Got me to 70 years old. I'm going to have to rethink this thing. That's, that's actually a pretty creepy ad. Because it's basically people walking toward the date of their own death. <laughs> the only way it could have been creepier is if at the end of their ribbons it said exactly how each person was going to die. <laughs> Oh my gosh, if you had a ribbon with how long you were going to live and then at the end of the ribbon it said how you were going to die, how would you rethink and reshape your life? I imagine if that ribbon only went a couple of more years and you had some money already, you probably would stop saving for retirement or saving for the next stage of your life. But if you knew and found out that, let's say, for example, you're 50 years old and you're going to live until you're 90, 40 more years, and you knew exactly when you were going to die, and according to this show, how you were going to die, what would you do differently? I bet you do a whole lot of things differently. Because the, the ad just had people who had their current age and they were just pulling out a ribbon as far as they could, maybe one foot equaled a year. So if they had another 30 years worth of living, it showed their death at, you know, 75. And the point is, people are living so much longer than they think that they are. When I ask people, when they come in for consultations, if they think they're going to live longer or not as long, most of them say that they're going to die early, and people generally live longer than they think, which means we really need to save for retirement. And let's continue on with John real quick and see what he has to say next. But look, it is true. It is true that as as we all live longer, you should absolutely save for retirement if you can. And many do. We currently have around $24 trillion sitting in retirement assets. 20 
$4 trillion sitting in retirement assets. We talked about this a couple of shows ago. Wow, that is a ton of money. Holy man. And of that that $24 trillion, most of it is in the hands of the financial services companies. And what John wants to do now is examine these companies, examine these people within these companies and what gives them the right to advise on our money. What credentials do they have? What experience do they have? Are they fiduciaries? We've talked about that in past episodes. In fact, if you go to bestandwealth.com and click on episode number 34, you will find the episode, what is the fiduciary rule everyone is talking about? And I'm going to play a clip with John explaining that in a second. The segment goes on to play a commercial, which I'm not going to play this one, but of a Chase Bank commercial showing a typical advisor in a suit has some real enticing music. Who do you trust? Well, you got to trust the guy in this suit. And at the end of the commercial, the clients were inviting their advisor to their daughter's wedding because they had this great relationship. Now, listen, I am all about relationship. With my clients, I think this is the most enjoyable part of my job, which is learning more about my clients, them learning more about me, and us engaging in a deeper and more understanding relationship. I mean, heck, this is a trust business. Clients trust me with sometimes their deepest, darkest secrets and show me what their spending is like, their savings are like, their total retirement savings to date. All of those really intimate details, the amount of money that they're making that they don't share with anybody, but they're sharing with me. Now, I'm going to be honest with you, though. I don't expect any of my clients to invite me to their daughter's wedding. That might be going just a little bit (laughs) overboard. Not that I would say, no, I'm always up for a free chicken dinner, cheaper frugal, but I certainly don't expect this. All right, let's get back to the show and see what John has to say next. But there is something you should know about financial advisors. Even their name means less than you might think. The Financial Industry Regulatory Authority warns customers to be aware that financial analyst, financial advisor, financial consultant, financial planner, investment consultant or wealth manager are generic terms or job titles and may be used by investment professionals who may not hold any specific credential. So financial analyst is just a fancy term that doesn't actually mean anything. Sort of. (laughs) Well, I can attest to this because I remember when I decided I wanted to get into the financial industry and I was still working in the wireless industry, I decided to take what was called the Series 65. One of the tests that I would need to take if I was ever going to work for a fee-only registered investment advisor or open up my own business. So I spent my lunch hours reading and studying for the Series 65. I spent a good amount of time, but not a crazy amount of time. And a few months later, I took a test and I passed it the first time. It was maybe an hour test, maybe two hours. I think it was it was more like 45 minutes though. And boom, all of a sudden, I had the authority to charge people to manage their assets or 
give financial advice. And I could use whatever title I wanted. Financial expert, financial advisor, wealth manager, wealth planner, all the things that John just spoke about in the show. They're all just generic terms, period. Let's keep listening to John. But even many well-credentialed financial advisors are paid on commission. So if they recommend something for you, it may be because they stand to make money. In fact, sometimes they're actively incentivized not to act in your best interest. Take annuities. Now, certain types of those can be very complicated investment products that have high fees and would only be appropriate for certain types of portfolios. But some financial advisors push them hard. Just look how Susie Orman reacts when a caller who had just inherited $80,000 asked for some advice. Here comes Susie again. We have talked to a financial advisor, and he recommended that we put it in an annuity. I knew it. Um, I was go- Before you said that, I was going to say, wait, wait, let me tell you. I can tell you what the financial advisor <laughs> said. Did, they, did that advisor also say to you that if you put that $80,000 in there, I'm going to make about $4,000 of commissions? Did he or she happen to tell you that as well? Oh, he or she. Thank you, Susie Orman, for pointing out disingenuous financial swindlers can be women too. Oh, gosh. Okay, here we go. Now John goes on to talk about commission and how some people in the investment advisory world are paid on commission. Those are, you know, a lot of those are commissioned brokers, people who may call themselves financial advisors, but are really just brokers trying to sell some sort of of product. All right, let's keep listening to John to see what he has to say about these commission people and why maybe working with people who collect commissions from you may not be in your best interest. And brokers pushing annuities may not just be getting money. Last year, Elizabeth Warren released a report on sales perks in the annuity industry ranging from free cruises to luxury watches to, and this is true, this tacky Super Bowl-style ring, which is absolutely ghastly, but I guess at least it makes it easy to spot brokers that you shouldn't work with. Uh, hey, nice ring, Irwin, but I'm going to guess that oh, you didn't you get that picture. playing running back for the Green Bay Packers. Now, generally, it is currently legal for financial advisors to put their own interests ahead of yours, unless, and this is interesting, they are what's called a fiduciary. All right. People can put their interests ahead of their own, I'm sorry, ahead of yours, unless they're a fiduciary. We talked about this in past episodes, and I just brought up the fact that you should be listening to episode number 34 of Best in Wealth, which is all about the fiduciary rule. But basically what it means is fiduciaries have to put the client's interests ahead of their own. People working on commissions or people, I shouldn't say that, people who are not fiduciaries, people who are not registered investment advisors that are maybe working for large brokerage firms or whatnot, they can put their own interests ahead of yours. And oftentimes with commissions, as we all can agree on if we're going to get paid more by selling somebody or telling them to be in this annuity or this mutual fund or this product, well, their judgment is clouded. They want to earn the money. And some of you might might be thinking, this is sick. And that's because this is sick. If you went to a hospital right now or a doctor, I mean, they are obligated to act in your best interest. If they were not, 
Could you even trust them enough to go see them? I don't think so. All right, we're going to listen to one more clip before we wrap up today's episode because I've already gone too long. I know that I have, but I just really love this show, as you can tell, and I hope it's bringing some value to you. So let's listen to just this last clip to set the stage for next week. Financial advisors are just one part of this. If you are lucky, your job offers a 401k retirement plan, and if it does, you should probably take advantage of it. But you should also know they can be a goldmine for financial service companies. And while it's not unreasonable for them to get paid for providing a service, there can be a lot of different fees. There are legal fees, trustee fees, transactional fees, stewardship fees, bookkeeping fees, finders fees, and the list goes on and on. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if they also had an elf spotting fee, but (laughs) remember, thanks to your new certification, you no longer have to pay it. Go spot some elves. I knew you guys were going to have to listen to something about the elf. You're going to have to listen to the whole episode or watch it on YouTube when you go to Best in Wealth and click on the link to the episode. But he's just illustrating right now that 401ks are a whole nother animal when it comes to fees. And he knows this because his company sought after a 401k plan for its employees. And that's going to be the basis for the show next week. It's John going through this process with a financial advisor and his company trying to find a good quality 401k plan and all of the things that he exposes within it. But I need to save that for next week because this episode's just getting way too long. But I want you to think about some of the things that John has been saying because I know I kind of preach this stuff over and over every week and Sometimes I'm sure you're thinking, how slanted is Scott? Scott's a financial advisor himself. Is he giving me unbiased advice on this show? Or is he feeding me a line of bull because he's got some sort of motive? Here's what I figured out, though. When I started my business some years ago, I thought to myself, if I can be transparent as possible, honest as possible, just free with information, free with what I charge my clients, free with the information, showing them what they would pay for the service and the service that they're going to get. If I can do that, I feel like I might actually have a business. And that's where I start from. I feel like if I can do all those things, my business will grow. Maybe not as fast as if I had some commissioned commission-based business where I'd be earning a lot of money by selling product, but then I wouldn't, well, wouldn't be able to sleep at night. And I do like to sleep. In fact, I love to sleep. I hope everybody has a great week. And I sure as heck hope you tune into part two where John is going to go over the 401k plan and then five things that he has learned through this process that you can use as you start to navigate your way through this whole financial world. I hope you all have an awesome, great week. I hope the weather is awesome where you are. And I'm going to see you next week. Until then, 
I'll see you on the flip side. Bye-bye. The Best in Wealth Podcast is hosted by Scott Wellens. Scott Wellens is the principal at Fortress Planning Group. Fortress Planning Group is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities Act of Wisconsin in accordance and compliance with securities laws and regulations. Fortress Planning Group does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Best in Wealth Podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.